Good evening, and welcome to the National Capital Bible Church. We are <clears throat> studying in the book of Job, Job 40, uh, and we are going to take a few seconds here for spiritual preparation, confession of sins, and uh, shifting uh, gears. Uh, there's a lot going on um, in our world and we need to be focused, relaxed, as we approach the Word of God this evening. So let's take a few seconds, closing our eyes, bowing our heads, and then I'll open us in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we're thankful for the many promises that you have given us that we find in the Word of God. One that we uh, often use from the pulpit here is trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not under your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. Commit your ways into the Lord. Trust also in Him and He will bring it to pass. These are marvelous uh, uh, marvelous promises and they are uh, the promises that we need to lean upon every day uh, as this nation goes through this difficult time of uh, election. We pray, Father, that we would continue our spiritual life, that we would truly devote ourselves to the Word of God, relying upon it as you speak through it to us, And we pray that God the Holy Spirit would help us to apply the truths that we find in these promises. We ask for your blessing upon our service this evening, our Bible study. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, there is um, a lot going on. And I thought that maybe encountering Leviathan tonight, we would study something that was maybe a little less, well, it's about the same, but at least uh, we could do something this evening that is different than what we normally would do, and that is, instead of moving forward in chapter 41, that I would answer a couple questions that I received after last week's attention teaching regarding behemoth. Behemoth, as I mentioned just somewhat uh, briefly, but then read an article about behemoth and dinosaurs. Um, And I thought what I would do is I would answer those questions but I would do it by uh, having a study dinosaurs. Uh, that's a very popular uh, topic, certainly with uh, children, particularly, I think, uh, young boys. And it can also be a very interesting topic for us, uh, believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, I know that AIG from, I, I read a, uh, the article last week was from uh, AIG, but uh, 
uh, ICR, Institute for Creation Research, has also done much work with this. So this evening, even though last week I had hoped to introduce dinosaurs and how they related to what was being spoken to Job, I may have muddied the waters a little bit, and I thought I would try to clarify that, hopefully not muddying the waters anymore. So the subject tonight is simply going to be dinosaurs. All right, let's begin. In my notes, I actually have uh, what is a dinosaur and why include it in Job. Well, the first part of this answer is found in Job 40, 15 through 24. And let me read this one more time. And uh, as I read it, try to imagine what is being described here by God to Job. And does this sound like any uh, animal that we might see today? Job 40, verse 15. Look, or behold now, at the behemoth, which I made along with you. He eats grass like an ox. See, or behold now, his strength is in his hips, and his power is in his stomach muscles. He moves his tail like a cedar. The sinews of his thighs are tightly knit. His bones are like beams of bronze, his ribs like bars of iron. He is the first of the ways of God. Only he, God, who made him can bring near his sword. And so in verse 19, we find that the first, the the greatest might be another word, or the preeminence of the ways of God. Uh, what that probably tells us is that there were some certain dinosaurs that were immense. Verse 20, Surely the mountains yield food for him, and all the beasts of the field play there. He lies under the lotus trees in a covert of, tree, of reeds and marsh. The lotus trees cover him with their shade. The widows by the brook surround him. Indeed, the river may rage, yet he is not disturbed. He is confident, though, uh, though the Jordan gushes, uh, gushes into his mouth, though he takes it in his eyes, or one pieces pierces his nose with a snare. All right, we're going to begin with hopefully some definitions or clarifications on who this dinosaur is, this behemoth. Uh, first of all, the word dinosaur. Dinosaur uh, was not coined until 1841. There are those who would ask why we don't see this word in the word of God. Well, it was not coined until 1841. It was coined by an Englishman 
the Englishman's name was Sir Richard Owen. Sir Richard Owen realized that the bound the the bones that he found were different from any other group of animals. He had done quite a bit of research on animals, uh, different bones, skeletons, and uh, these bones were very different. And therefore, he believed that a special name needed to be applied to them. Owen, therefore invented the word dinosaur, which uh, some people translate, comes from the, uh, the Latin uh, and also English, uh, some translate it as a terrible lizard. Uh, we'll see how that fits tonight. Now, because the name was not coined until 1841, it's not found in the Bible, uh, our English translations were uh, made many years prior to that, even though we're, we continue to have translations. Most of the well-used translations today do not use the term dinosaur. So therefore, if it was not coined until 1841, therefore it's not found in the Bible. Now, does that mean there is no such creature as a dinosaur because God didn't designate it that way or our editors didn't use the word dinosaur? And the answer is no. It simply means that we're not going to find that word, dinosaurs, in the Bible. In fact, the name dinosaur didn't come into common usage until the 1900s. So even though it was coined earlier, it was not used until the mid-early maybe uh, 1900s. Now, I tried to remember when I first heard or knew uh, about dinosaurs. It was not toy or a fascination, maybe is another word, uh, for myself as a child. And I don't know exactly when um, dinosaurs became fascinations for children, but uh, I don't believe it was until the late 1900s. So uh, I may be wrong there, but that's uh, my sense. All right, secondly, the book of Job was probably written 3,000 years prior to the coining of the word dinosaur. Therefore, it could not be found in the book. In other words, Job didn't see an animal and say, oh, that's a dinosaur. And for some reason, this is lost on many people. They wonder, behemoth, Leviathan. Well, why didn't he just call it a dinosaur? Well, it's because he was about 3,000 years uh, prior to that designation. Another word would need to suffice. Uh, behemoth. Or we'll see next week, uh, Leviathan. Third, a dinosaur is a particular type of creature that covers 
uh, both enormous and small animals. Most people, when they hear the word dinosaur, they think of T-Rex or some other huge animal. But that's not how uh, T-Rex began or uh, the brontosaurus or others. As a matter of fact, most people don't realize that dinosaurs uh, came from eggs. And the largest egg that, and this is, I'm going to cover this a little bit later, but I always get a little ahead of myself. Probably the largest dinosaur egg that they've ever found uh, that is either frozen or a fossil is about the size of a football. Or so I'm told. I can't tell you that I actually found one myself on an Easter egg hunt. So a dinosaur is a a particular type of creature, and it covers both large and small animals. Four, we know that dinosaurs once existed on Earth because we find their bones in many places. Therefore, God must have created them. Now, my uh, categories tonight are not going to take us to a lot of passages. But uh, call uh, a. Well, let's go to the New Testament. Colossians, Colossians one sixteen. Colossians one sixteen is an important passage. Every now and then we we miss the importance of some passages. We know, and I don't think there's any secular uh, scientists that would say, no, we don't think there were uh, such a thing as a, a dinosaur. No, we know that there were dinosaurs. And if there were dinosaurs, and we as Christians believe the word of God, then in Colossians 1.16 says, for by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. So if it's in creation, God created it. Five, dinosaurs were created by God during the creation, or we could call this the restoration week. And the reason that I use the word restoration is because Genesis 1 and 2 informs us that God created the heavens or the other day um, I uh, said that we could also use the term space. So God created the heavens or the space and earth. And then it says... It became without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the word for deep there is understood to be water. God then took what was without form, void and dark, and in six 24-hour days spoke into existence what is described in Genesis 
chapters 1 and 2. So we know that this is the beginning of the life on earth as far as Genesis 1 beginning in chapter or verses 3 and following the restoration by the way some people think that the 6 days of creation were not ordinary days in other words uh, not days that we would understand today our watches have 24 hours uh, on them, 12, twice through the day. So what I would call an ordinary day is a 24-hour day. And uh, the six days of creation, uh, they were 24-hour days, but there are some who don't believe that they were that or- they were ordinary days as we know them. But they believe that they were uh, long periods of time. But this is incorrect. The Hebrew word for day, yom, always means, and you have to listen to this entire uh, description, the Hebrew word for day, yom, always means an ordinary day when used with the words evening or morning or when used with a number, a cardinal number. One, day one, day two, ten days. It always means, the Bible always uses it as a 24-hour day. When you read Genesis chapter one, you'll see that the word day is used with evening and morning and the number for each six days. This means that they must have been ordinary days. Now, if you're someone who believes that it took a long time for this creation, then you don't believe that God created the earth and the creatures uh, that are here, creatures and uh, all that accompanies it. God didn't need long periods of time to create what we see today. As a matter of fact, he simply spoke it into existence. Therefore, this means that the days that we see in particularly chapter 1 in Genesis means that they were ordinary days or they were 24 hours as we know them today. They were not long periods of time or millions of years. And one of the, one of the confirmations of this is found in Exodus. Let's turn to Exodus 20. Exodus 20, verse 11. We can easily go to Genesis 1 and 2, but many creation, creationists will go to Exodus 20 and verse 11. It's one of the longest of the uh, Ten Commandments. Let me begin in verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. 
six days. Uh, what What is uh, Moses repeating from God? Uh, six long periods or 24-hour days? 24-hour days. That's what this is. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it, you shall do no work. Well, how long will you're not going to do any work? A couple thousand years? No. These are normal days. And therefore, as we proceed through this passage, we expect the day to be the same as in verses 8, 9, 10. So that's where we find ourselves. Uh, Verse 11. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. So this is one of those passages that reinforces the understanding of a 24-hour day. Six, the creation work, the, uh, the creation week, is approximately, was approximately 6,000 years ago. And we know that from simply studying the Bible. Secular scientists have no evidence, or whatever evidence they think they have is always misinterpreted. Uh, they, there's no way for them to understand when the, uh, the earth and what is found on the earth when it began. So they just come up with billions of years. Well, the Bible doesn't say or even hint that there could be this uh, long a period of time. So the creation week, if we read the word of God correctly, was approximately 6,000 years ago. What occurred during the creation week refutes the evolutionary process and denies that it took billions of years for the extreme complexity of life to occur. Um, There is no amount of time that that would be sufficient to come up with, uh, to evolve, the complexities that we have in creation. It had to have a creator. Seven, dinosaurs were almost certainly created on day six of creation. And I use the phrase there, almost certainly. We don't have the word dinosaur. We have words that seem to reveal to us they were they uh, cover the type of animal that we call a dinosaur so we're not we're not positive that they were created on the 6 days but most creationists answers in genesis institution for creation research they believe that the 6th day is the best day to choose the description of creation on day six is the living creatures, the living uh, creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping things and beasts for the earth. 
And we read that in Genesis 1, verses 24 through 25. The dinosaur fits the category of cattle, creeping thing, and beast of the earth. And so as we look at the description and the description by Moses from God as inspired by God the Holy Spirit is brief. And so we're not going to see all of the animals. We need to see these broad categories. So dinosaur fits the category of cattle, cattle, creeping things, and beast of the earth. The dinosaur was a land animal. Therefore, we're probably not going to lean towards day five, which had sea creatures. It was a land animal. The first two people, man and woman, were also made on day six, day six of creation. Therefore, we can say with absolute certainty that people lived with dinosaurs. But that's not what evolutionists believe. Matter of fact, they think that uh, mankind crawled out of the swamp many millions of years later uh, after the dinosaurs became extinct. But that's not what the Bible teaches us. Eight, the word behemoth is used in Genesis 1.24. And there... It is translated cattle. Genesis one twenty four. Genesis one twenty four. Then the Lord said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind. Behemoth is the next word. Now, as soon as I say that, somebody might say, Oh, well then in Job forty, where we find the word behemoth, it must be cattle. But the description in Job 40, 15 and following, is not cattle. And this English word, cattle, behemoth, could be another word. But cattle seems to have allowed our editors, our translators, to get us close to what they believe God was doing on that day. So, that is one of the translations, cattle. As a matter of fact, uh, one, of the, uh, one of the first times I was translating through uh, Genesis 1, I came to the word behemoth and I thought, well, this is really strange. Why would we use behemoth transliterate the word in Job 40, but here we would translate it. Again, it's just the uh, propensity of translators. They're trying to make something as clear as they possibly can. All right, nine. The word cattle covers a sweeping category of animals indicating that God created all things. And so cattle seemed to be the word that our translators chose. Uh, if you read through uh, various other passages, whether in Isaiah uh, is another uh, book where behemoth is used, uh, you'll find the word, but 
editors, I like to call them editors, uh, translators, look at the context and try to come up with a word that fits that context. Uh, and cattle did not fit the context in Job 40. 10. Dinosaurs existed until the flood. The fossil record preserved many dinosaurs, which are found today. And fossils, we're going to continue to work on this a little bit, but the fossil record was, for the most part, almost predominantly, was laid down by the layers that followed the flood. So we know that dinosaurs existed until the flood. And you might say, well, then maybe they were all killed by the flood. Well, let's see if that could possibly be true. Noah was commanded. Noah was commanded to take every living thing of all flesh into the ark. Genesis 6. Genesis 6, 19. Genesis 6, 19 says, And of every living thing of all flesh you shall bring two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male, male and female. If dinosaurs lived until the flood, then God commanded Noah to take two of them. And we're not completely certain how many different kinds or types of dinosaurs there were. There may have been as many as 50 or more. We don't know. Uh, But they were flesh and they were commanded to be taken aboard the ark. If unicorns existed prior to the flood, then yes, they were loaded on the ark as well. But after that, I have no idea. I think there was a song written about unicorns that missed the ark or something like that. Genesis 6.19 kind of uh, preempts that. All right, Uh, 12. The word behemoth is used for one kind that God assigned to the ark. And my Bible is still open to Genesis 6, and I'll go to verse 20. Of the birds after their kind, of animals after their kind, there is our word behemoth. Now you'll notice it's not translated cattle there. Therefore, again, our translators uh, are trying to, uh, I guess you could say, cover all their bases. Uh, It's behemoth, but you'll notice that it says animals after their kind. And then it says of every creeping thing of the earth after its kind. Two of every every kind will come to you to keep them alive. Uh, Therefore, we can be certain as they like to say today, connecting these dots, that there were dinosaurs on the ark. Now, 
someone would say, yes, but there were some fairly large, uh, the Brontosaurus and others uh, were fairly large to be taken aboard the ark. And the answer would be, no, they weren't too big to go aboard the ark. But in reality, uh, many dinosaurs dinosaurs are not that large. Uh, the average sized dinosaur, as near as we can determine from the fossil record, uh, after considering the skeletons found around the world, is about the size, now listen to this, and this is the scientist, so the average size of a dinosaur is about the size of a small pony or sheep. Now, dinosaurs, for the most part, today, when we go to the museum, we, they always like to have these huge animals. Well, it's not believed that uh, most dinosaurs were that size. So uh, it's possible that uh, many of the dinosaurs taken aboard the ark were smaller. And also, more likely, God provided, because it was God who provided the animals to go aboard the ark, God probably uh, supplied uh, adolescent dinosaurs. And after the flood was over, they were released and they grew if they were going to grow. Uh, their growth to larger size occur, occurred after they departed the ark. 14. If Noah took di uh, dinosaurs on the ark, then they must have lived on the earth after the flood. People and dinosaurs, therefore, must have been living together sometime during the past 4,500 years because that's when we believe the flood occurred. 4,500 years ago. And we have evidence of this fact. 15. First evidence. So our first evidence comes from the descriptions of dragons, sea monsters. Uh, there are many people who don't believe that the Loch, the Loch Ness Monster was actually uh, in existence. But it's highly likely that it could have been because there were many people who believed they saw it. Now, that doesn't mean that it did exist, but it could have. And if it did, it was something uh, similar to what we'll uh, study next week, uh, the Leviathan. So they could have been, or we have descriptions of dragons and sea monsters and remarkable animals that existed, and we find them in many annals of history. Uh, knights, kings, and other humans are reported to have killed dragons, etc. Many of them uh, have been killed just to prove their courage, their virility, and maybe their love for fair maidens. Now, what I'd like to do, and I think I remembered this book, I'd like to read from a book that was written by Ken Ham.
from Answers in Genesis. These are dinosaurs of Eden. All right. We're going to, let's see, page 35. 35. He says, Noah's family and all the animals came out of the ark. This means that two of every dinosaur kind also came off the ark, ready to reproduce and spread out across the earth. Dinosaurs, therefore, lived on the earth at the same time that mankind did. And he says there's evidence. The dragon legends, based on people's accounts and certain dinosaurs, were reported. Certainly, many of the descriptions of these dragons fit the description of known dinosaurs. Consider this description of a dragon from a historical account of life in England that describes the animals people saw in A.D. 1405. Close to the town of Bures near Sudbury, there had Uh, there has lately appeared to the great fear, hurt, of the countryside, a dragon, vast in body, with a crested head, teeth like a saw, and a tail extending to an enormous length. And that was reported in a book called After the Flood by Bill Cooper. You'll notice it says, uh, what do you think this animal might have been? Doesn't sound like cattle. Doesn't sound like a hippopotamus. Doesn't sound like an elephant. Sounds like a dinosaur. All right. That's point 15. Point 16 is our second evidence. The second evidence is that there are interesting rock cave, uh, carvings and paintings in different parts of the world that look like dinosaurs. We're going to stay with the same book, verse 36, uh, page 36. There are interesting rock carvings and paintings in different parts of the world that look like dinosaurs. For instance, in Natural Bridges, Bridges National Monument in Utah, there's a painting made by the Indians that even evolutionists admit look exactly like a great sauropod dinosaur. Fran Bridges, uh, recognized authority on uh, petroglyphus rock art, which I have not really studied all that much, rock art, um, of the American Southwest noted, the petroglyph bears striking resemblance to a dinosaur, specifically a brontosaurus with a long tail and neck, small head, and other characteristics of the brontosaurus. Evolutionists, of course, won't accept the petroglyph as a dinosaur because they don't believe people lived with dinosaurs. But they accept other animals that the Indians have painted as real animals that they observed. Because of their bias against the Bible, evolutionists won't accept the obvious. Indians saw 
dinosaurs. All right, that's point 16. 17. Third, we have reports from different parts of the world. There are reports from different parts of the world of large beasts that may actually be living dinosaurs. Now, verse or uh, past, uh, page 37. In the Congo, in Central Africa, natives describe a beast they've encountered, and the description fits that of a dinosaur. Some scientists have conducted expeditions to this area and have written books about this mysterious beast. It certainly wouldn't surprise creationists if this really was a living dinosaur. He he then says, I like this, this leads us into our next point. He said, this is all very fascinating, but there's another special piece of evidence that indicates dinosaurs lived after the flood, which comes from the Bible. Can you think of any passages in the Bible that might describe a dinosaur living after the flood? And, of course, we can because we're studying Job chapter 40. Fourth, the biblical evidence, Job 40. And Ken Ham on page 38 of this book says, The biblical evidence... Quite some time after the flood, a man called Job went through a time of testing. I like that. He doesn't say a time of judgment or discipline. It was a time of testing. After all he went through, Job was reminded by God of how great the Creator was. God talked about many things, including some of the animals that lived at the same time as Job. Why would you want to describe an animal to Job that Job had not seen or did not know exist. The following verses, and this is uh, Job forty fifteen through 24, which we've already read, so we don't need to read again. The following verses are taken from Job chapter 40, as God describes a great animal that Job was uh, familiar. This animal was the chief of the ways of God. And last week, we covered this uh, phrase, the chief of the ways of God, meaning uh, this was a very special creation, animal, which means it was the largest land animal God had made. It is also described as having a tall, having a tail like a a cedar tree. Many people have thought that God was describing an elephant or a hippopotamus. Does this sound like the description of an elephant or a a hippopotamus? Well, I asked that same question last week. Do they have tails like a cedar tree? Are they the largest animals that ever lived on the earth? And the answer, no, to each of these questions. As far as we know, one of the uh, dinosaurs was the largest land animal that lived on the earth. This description fits beautifully one of the seropod dinosaurs, like the Brachiosaurus. We can say for sure that the behemoth was, we can't say for sure that the behemoth was a dinosaur, but it certainly makes sense that it was. And I like that. All right. That was point 18. By the way, I've seen all of these animals. I've seen elephants. I've seen hippopotamus. 
Uh, I've seen crocodiles. They don't measure up to this description. Fifth, evidence that dinosaurs lived recently. Evidence that dinosaurs lived recently comes from the kinds or comes from the finds of fresh dinosaur bones. Uh, this is interesting, and I think many of you have uh, heard these uh, finds. Bones that had uh, bone marrow that was still f- what we would call fresh. Uh, and the same thing for uh, blood, red blood that was found. Ken Ham uh, describes this, uh, page 38. More evidence that dinosaurs lived recently comes from the the finds of dinosaur bones. Evolutionists in Montana found parts of a T-Rex bone that had not fossilized, and it appears to have red blood cells still present. Now, if these bones were millions of years old, there certainly wouldn't be any blood cells remaining. The more the scientists look at these bones, the more they were convinced that they really found some blood cells from a TX. These sciences, uh, these scientists don't know how to explain this because they don't want to give up their view that the bones are millions of years old. Some people know Buddy Davis, who works with uh, Answers in Genesis. Uh, Dinosaur sculptor and explorer Buddy Davis found unfossilized frozen dinosaur bones in Alaska. Even evolutionists admit these bones wouldn't have been frozen for millions of years. Couldn't have been. If dinosaur bones really were millions of years old, they should have decayed away, they should have decayed and become fossilized. These remains are probably from dinosaurs that lived after the flood. I like it. If dinosaurs lived after the flood and up until relatively recent times when people like Indians saw them, why don't we see dinosaurs today? All right. Well, we'll just kind of close this out um, as we finish our study here on dinosaurs. Why don't we see dinosaurs today? Uh, After creation and then the flood, conditions on the earth changed. We know that there were significant changes after the flood. First, first, God told told Noah that mankind could eat animals for food. Prior to the flood, there were there was a restriction on eating animals eating meat but after the flood we find that god told noah noah that mankind could eat animals for food dinosaurs fell into this category 22 second we could say the animals developed ferocity towards humans and towards other animals. Therefore, there would be ferocity between animals killing each other, and humans, uh, we know, 
would very often kill ferocious animals that were in their area because they killed them for their own prote- uh, protection. Some animals in those uh, in that situation did not survive as well as others. Some survived very well, others not so much. Third, the effects of sin, the curse of the entire earth, and the flood caused havoc on the earth. Living conditions for animals changed dramatically. Famines, floods, volcanic eruptions, earthquakes, and disease all took their toll on animals. We don't know exactly what removed certain animals, certain kinds, but we know today that many animals have become extinct. And that is point 24. Some species of animals died out completely. The dodo bird, for one, is often used as an example. And there are many other examples. In fact, hundreds upon hundreds of species of animals have disappeared off the face of the earth. Dinosaurs apparently were not able to survive the changing conditions. And so that's our study of dinosaurs tonight. Now, someone might ask the question about these uh, hundreds upon hundreds of species of animals that have disappeared on the face of the earth. Uh, Does this mean that mankind is a brutal race and we've killed animal after animal after animal? And I think the answer to that uh, is in the hands of God. Uh, We don't know to a certain extent why certain animals become extinct. But you know who does? The creator. God knows that the dodo bird not only became extinct, but he knew before the the dodo bird became extinct that he would come extinct. And God is the creator. He loves his creation. And he has allowed what we might call the process of the fallen world to remove certain animals. Uh, There are many that have been removed, not because of the actions of human beings, but climate, disease. Uh, We know that there are certain uh, islands that had eruptions and wiped out all of the animals on that uh, island. And so there are times when we have very hot conditions in the climate and very cold conditions. God is fully aware of the animals that have remained. Uh, And by the way, more than likely, we have more types of animals within kinds than there has ever been previously. More dogs, more cats, more cows, more horses. And so uh, it's not as if we're about ready to run out of animals. That doesn't mean we should be, uh, we should uh, brutalize them, we should kill them. But God is fully aware of 
what animals he created. He knows which ones would become extinct. Uh, he knew how the, uh, the, uh, the conditions on the earth would affect certain animals. If he wished to preserve them, he could. He's allowing the, the way the earth, uh, the fallen earth, is proceeding. And I think it's still uh, worthwhile for us to try to uh, preserve certain animals. But if God is allowing a certain animal to become extinct, there's nothing we can do to prevent that. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we're thankful for this opportunity to study what I believe is a very interesting subject, dinosaurs. And children today now um, wonder about dinosaurs. They were created by God. Uh, They were created during the six 24-hour days, probably the sixth day, and believe that they were aboard the ark. There very well may be some remnants of the dinosaurs uh, yet today that we simply don't know where they are, or if we do, they're a very limited in, in number. But no matter what we know and what we, we see, we know that it's all in your hands, Father. And we're thankful for your extraordinary creation We pray that we as human beings would understand our role as being custodians of the earth and creatures upon it and that we would honor you and live our lives in a godly way. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.